The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Welcome to The Antidote. I'm Dave Hawkins. You know, every once in a while, my wife will tell me that I spend too much time on the computer. And she's probably right about that. But that's also part of putting The Antidote together. I'm usually listening to new music, reading articles, searching out an artist's bio, or maybe their song lyrics. Then there's those times when I fall down the rabbit hole and find something that really intrigues me. That's how I happened to come upon tonight's guest, Revival Hymns. I was on the Indivision Music website, reading a review by Brandon Jones, who described the band's music as incredible, breathtaking, and inspiring. He went on to say that Revival Hymns' Birth Pains EP could quite possibly be the best thing you've ever heard. He was right about the EP. But what he left out was that the entire Revival Hymns discography is also great. What you heard at the beginning of the show was just a short sample of Farewell Mirage. It's found on Birth Pains. We're going to hear much more about that release during this talk I had with the band members of Finland's Revival Hymns. The members of Finland's Revival Hymns have come to the antidote. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dave. Can you do me a favor? Can each of you introduce yourselves and give us your role in the band? Um, my name is Henry. Uh, I'm the singer in this band, and I also play the keys. Yeah, uh, I'm Ville. Uh, I play the guitar. And uh, we also have uh, Margus is online, the drummer, and uh, Riksa is not online here, and he's the bass player. And I am Sauli, and uh, I play also guitar and do some backing vocals also. I always like to hear about the birth of a band. So how did Revival Hymns come together? I think you can maybe take this okay. one, because okay. I, I wasn't there like in yeah, the beginning. It's, so. it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It was actually uh, Sauli and another friend of us, Jonas, who was the original bass player. We were all friends, and with, with Marcus also, the Trump player. And Sauli asked me and Marcus, do you guys want to join the band? Because they're jamming, and they're starting to form some songs. And we were already old friends, all of us, and uh, already played a little bit together with some other groups. So it was uh, like a 
natural coming together just on a friend basis and uh, that's how we started and Henry was also an old friend of ours and we knew he was a good singer and let's say good all-around musician and uh, so we asked him to join uh, just a little bit later when we started thinking about having a vocalist on the band. This sounds miraculous because you guys are still friends, <laughs> even yeah. though you're in a band together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think it's because we were quite good friends already before the band, and we've we've known each quite quite a long time. So uh, I think it carries <laughs> carries through the band uh, experiences. So, and I'm a big fan of the idea that that you can't really have a really working band unless you are friends with each other. Because I think that the chemistry is such a big part of the uh, the overall like DNA of the band, so to speak. And you know what Vila just said about how the band was formed, and and that I joined a bit later. That actually also um, goes back to Feathers, our first album, and and the guys had already sort of like jammed together before I came in, and and they had these songs that they had been playing with all these different parts and like really long songs. And uh, and then they they told me that you know just come along and see if you'd like to you know maybe start singing something you know on top of these songs and then I was like okay these are quite difficult songs you know <laughs> how can I sing <laughs> something here and uh, and it, it was like it was really fun to actually start writing stuff on songs that were kind of like ready already uh, but actually it turned out quite nice but it it wasn't like your everyday. Uh, like how you normally would start composing new songs, like, okay, let's write some lyrics first and and then try to match them with the song. But it was like a bit different approach. Well, I guess I'm trying to figure out the motivation for you guys to begin with doing the band. Was this just for fun? I think the uh, the fundamental thing was that we wanted to play music that we ourselves like, you know, just like, having fun together, trying to play something that sounds cool for us, you know. Then when we recorded something, then of course hoping that maybe somebody else would also like it. But at the same time realizing that we're not very mainstream in, in any case. So, you know, probably not big masses will be <laughs> yeah. listening to our music, but that, that wasn't kind of like the purpose anyway. So just making music that we ourselves like. Yeah, like I think we've all been playing more or less um, as we were kids, you know, listening to uh, different kinds of music, so always wanting to play in the bands, always played in some other bands also before. And uh, like I said, playing together already with, uh, I, I used to play with Henry already before this band. So uh, it was just, uh, we, we just love music, we love playing. And, you know, and like Henry said, it's like the, the best combination is to have a, to play with your, you know, your good friends. So it's like uh, having having best of the both worlds. Like you get to meet your good friends and and uh, and make music. Now I hope you guys don't get hurt by this, but when I mentioned to a couple people that I was interviewing Revival Hymns, <laughs> when they heard your name, they kind of groaned. And I had to explain that this isn't like your grandmother's type of music. Do you really think the name fits your music? Yeah, it's that's a. I I understand the point because we also get some sometimes some some likes on the on the people you would you would uh, check their profile and you would think like okay that's not a typical rock <laughs> post rock <laughs> fan you know some older people maybe they think it's like really some hymns 
Yeah, I mean, of course, you could have some typical name that would really lead you into this kind of music. But I think, in a way, it's a... Uh, if you think like hymn-like, okay, maybe not directly to that that hymn scene, but we have songs that are like kind of like repetitive, like they're like uh, building on some some theme. So I think in that sense, there there is an, uh, really a connection to the name, to the like being like some kind of a kind of a hymns. Not in not in of course in all songs, but I think for me it's a, it, it fits quite good. Well, you guys have already mentioned this about your first album, Feathers, came out in 2011. Really, can you believe it's a decade ago? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Anyhow, I want to ask about one of its songs. Path of Grace says, We've found the path of grace. In time we'll come to know where it leads, and soon we'll see your face, and all our sufferings will be washed away. It's a pretty straightforward statement of faith. But is that a key to your music? That's a good question. Well, first of all, I'm I'm responsible for writing most of the lyrics. Ville has also written lyrics for for several songs, and um, of course, you know the name of our band, Revival Hymns, and uh, and then you know if you read the lyrics all our songs, you you'll probably find a lot of references to uh, faith, to God, uh, the spiritual things biblical things i i think that's definitely uh one of the crucial themes in our lyrics and um and yeah especially this song path of grace i think that you you can't really miss the reference here so yeah it's it's a crucial part here so i would say that it is definitely a big part of our songs even though we are not kind of like deliberately trying to you know write certain kinds of lyrics it's it just maybe comes with the the overall aesthetics of the songs and and the the bigger themes and and the the atmospheres that we like to paint with the songs. Yeah, we come from let's say the same kind of a background, all of us more or less uh, from a Christian. We've met in a in a church, and it's a kind of a background where we come from, where we know. But it's like it's not like uh, defining us as a person. It's like you know, like we come from this. This this is how we know each other. So we have to make a certain kind of music with certain lyrical themes. We make, uh, we make the lyrics and the music which, which uh, uh, speaks to us and which comes from our like, experiences, whether it's, uh, it's related to faith directly or, or just some, uh, some other like, th- thing going on in your life. So it's like uh, we just write what comes naturally. Sometimes it's related to faith, sometimes not. So it's like... We don't want to go into any uh, kind of a direction that we need to write about something or we can't write about something. It's, a, it's just, just what we are.
was Path of Grace from the Revival Hymns Feathers album. I'm a big fan of post-rock, so this band's style fits right in. But it doesn't dominate their sound. I get into that on the next part of our talk. I've already brought this up, or you've already mentioned it also, is about your sound. And that's something that's difficult to describe. Because Revival Hymns, it's indie, it's post-rock, it's shoegaze. But what do you have to say? Are genres and labels actually important? No, for me personally, it's not important. Of course, it's. I think it's a, it's the cliche. Of course, sometimes I'm, you say like we don't belong to any genre. We are very unique. I think um, I think you can put us in different genres, and it's like you have to describe yourself somehow. But uh, it's funny how we, how our sound comes. I think it. It's a combination from all of us. Like I don't really think we've we talked this before with the guys. Like I'm not sure if anybody really listens like really that kind of music that we make. It's just that uh, we put ourselves into that uh, that music. Like everybody brings their own background, their own own preferences, how they make music, and that what comes out is the like a more of as a sum of the uh, the combination. So I think it's a kind of a funny combination. When we think about it, it's like, okay, this is uh, our sound, but it's uh, not really something that one person of us would make exactly like this. No, I understand that. The thing is, is that you do want people to be able to buy your music. And how do they find you if you don't fit into a particular niche? Exactly. And and I, I think also that these like genres, um, they... Of course, they evolve over time. If you think about our first album, Feathers, which was a lot like post-rock would be probably defining the, the, the genre the best. Mm-hmm. Then Bauhu, which was the second album, I think that was more towards shoegaze. And then our latest EP, Birth Pains, I think that's more like dream pop, basically. So a, a bit lighter. So, um, But I think that's natural. I mean, we as, as people, our taste in music also evolves. And I think that... The songs that we make, they also reflect our own taste at that time. Like, how do we want this to sound at this moment? And um, we're kind of like trying to make it sound the best that we we can think of. And uh, yeah, I think that's a big part of how bands can stay relevant to themselves and also for, for the listeners, that they always find something new, something fresh. So you're comfortable with your sound evolving? Yeah, definitely. I'd say so. Yes, yeah, sure. Also, I mean, I don't think we've we have any any kind of like restrictions on on our sound. But it's a uh, on, on the other hand, I think we will always more or less sound us as long as we are the group, uh, the, this this guy, group of guys making the music. So I think we have our sound, but we can we can still evolve. But uh, I think we we will always sound uh, ourselves more or less. Okay. I, I can't uh, imagine you would uh, find us doing like a really like totally different, but it's just because who we are. But still, I, I'm, we're very comfortable of evolving, trying different stuff. So it's not it's not an issue to us. At least the one thing is is that you're not putting out pop singles. <laughs> you know those <laughs> catchy songs, but there's no substance. So revival hymns is purposefully going the opposite direction. Yeah. I wouldn't say purposefully. I mean, one might think that when you listen to our music, okay, they're doing it purposefully. For me personally, and I also know for the guys, it's just 
how we make music. Like when I make music at home and when the guy make their ideas and when we come together to, to rehearse songs and really put them together, we never really talk about like, a, hey, this is some kind of a structure that shouldn't be. It's always just how it flows the best, what sounds the best. If if there's a verse and a chorus, verse and chorus, and it sounds the best, then that so be it. But if it's something else, if it's just four different parts played uh, in sequence, then so be it. It's just always for what sounds best, believe it or not. But because, uh, like Henry also said, it's like it's not never was really like a, to find find a big audience for this. It's like a, if a big audience likes our songs, great. But but if not, if the if the smaller audience also likes, it's it's also fine for us just really want to do the kind of music we really like and that's the beauty of having day jobs you know you don't have to <laughs> do this for a living so you can yeah. just basically write songs that you like and that you think are cool you yeah. don't you don't need to have any pressure on that hey we need to sell uh, a couple of thousand albums you know just make it so that it sounds good for you and then if somebody else likes it it's a bonus <laughs> Yeah, and for example, our upcoming single, which is at the mixing table at the moment, uh, it's uh, n- almost nine minutes long. So very radio friendly. <laughs> yes, that is a bit of a problem for me with your music. <laughs>
Another great one from the Feathers release. Oh, Stranger speaks about a disenfranchised man who should be welcomed into the house of the Lord. He is just the same as we are. Let's get back into our talk with the members of Revival Hymns and hear about the follow-up album to Feathers. I do want to walk through the Revival Hymns discography. So let's get into the change you made on the sophomore album. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Pauhu? Yeah, Pauhu. I guess I'm thinking of songs like Hallucination Diaries, where it says, Save me, give me sweet absolution. Fourteen days, fourteen nights, I waited for sunrise. In this game of disguise, deep inside something dies. Okay, so the thing is, those lyrics are a lot less obvious than Feathers. Why not just be up front? Well, I think this is something that Ville already touched upon when he mentioned the uh, sort of like the underlying principle, how we write the lyrics. And um, I think, you know, if you look at Feathers as an entity, of course, Path of Grace is really upfront. But then there are also songs that are more mysterious and, and more like you really have to think about, okay, what, what does this song really talk about? And I think that comes down to how we write the songs, how we write the lyrics, the songs that I write. I often find myself sort of like, I, I have this image in my head. It might be something is happening in the picture. And then I kind of like try to start to paint that picture uh, line by line, word by word, so that it kind of like gives hints of the picture. And then the whole picture will sort of like unveil at some point. Or then the other way of doing it, it might be that there's some sort of like one phrase, one sentence uh, or a couple of words. And then I try to build things around that. Thinking about hallucination diaries here, I think this is definitely sort of like an impressionistic. Trying to paint a picture of something that's like happening really fast. And I, I think the idea is not to be really clear on like, what does it really say? But it's more like trying to convey a certain atmosphere, certain feeling, um, maybe raise some questions, make you think about, you know, is, is this what I'm seeing? Is it real? Or is it just my subconscious? Stuff like that. So I, I don't want to kind of like have lyrics that are, are sort of like too obvious for people, but more like to, to make people think, make people really like dig deep and, and try to see what's beyond. If I may add, the lyrics have to, for us, they have to go with the music. Like, you know, it's uh, our music is also not that upfront and also not so that obvious. You have to pay attention, a little bit, you have give, give some time, listen maybe over again, uh, some uh, long passages and uh, versatile parts. So the lyrics go with that building this atmosphere, building a picture with music and with lyrics, like painting the picture, not like revealing everything. This is Henry. Ille. This is Sauli. Of Revival Hymns, and you're tuned in to The Antidote.
it does sound like I missed what Revival Hymns was actually intending on Hallucination Diaries, but they were polite about it. Now I'll speak with the band about a song found on their Pauhu release. Well, not revealing everything comes out for me on Iron and Disgrace, where it finishes with violent waves crashing on the shore of these dreams, locusts devouring the edge of this reality. You guys totally lost me on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, but I think this is a a great example of of the lyrics that we have. I mean, locusts, you don't really find these words in in a lot of like pop songs (laughs) If if you start searching for it. But, you know, we like to use this like, kind of like biblical terms, um, kind of like apocalyptic terms at times, because it goes so nicely together with the music and kind of like builds up the tension as well. So um, again, kind of like painting the, the the picture, creating the atmosphere. So yeah, I, th- I think it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well have a song about locusts right now. After all, we're dealing with plagues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Maybe it was a premonition. Exactly. The album title, Pauhu, translates as thunder or roar. Does that actually tie into the album itself? I think I think it ties the the, the sound or the whole, let's say, the story of the album. When you listen to it, it's like, I think, like a roar. There are really like silent parts and then there are like a building up to a big, uh, let's say, wave or, or roar, you could say coming in, in lots of songs i think there's a certain kind of a, like a pattern if, if you listen to songs lots of times you, in the end you have this kind of a roar i would say so i think it's a also kind of a like a just building like a painting the picture of the whole album like how, how it sounds i think for, for me it's like that
a little bit earlier you guys spoke about your new EP and you just released that last year, Birth Pains, the EP. I find the music on it to be, as you mentioned, quite a bit brighter. But something in the background of many of your songs is that life is a struggle. And I find that coming across on Praise for the Bereft. Is life difficult? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think yes, it is. I think, yeah. <laughs> Salik, go ahead. It is. I, I don't know. It's something to do with uh, our current situation. We have made more babies than songs last year. So <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's funny how that happened during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and this is, uh, you know, I, I just have to, this doesn't really um, apply to the song Praise for the Breath, but, but the whole EP, the, the background, why we have been silent for so long was that, Ville moved to Germany in, was it 2015? 16. 16. Six, 16. So um, we haven't really played together since, but you know, before Ville moved to Germany, we had started recording this EP and we had recorded the drums and the bass. And then when Ville moved there, then we recorded guitars. Ville did some guitars in Germany with our friends from Kokomo, mm-hmm. uh, another post-rock band in Germany. And then Sauli recorded guitars in Finland. But then we kind of like, you know, were just swamped with everything else. And, and you know, life happened. <laughs> and it took a couple of years until we actually got to finish the whole EP. So it was kind of like a struggle. And, and of course, the, the name of the EP, Birth Pains, is kind of like an, a sarcastic comment on, on the whole <laughs> process of, of making this ready. So maybe the, the, the lyrics of the first song also reflect this difficulty of, of getting things done. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe okay, if I may add to the original question, is, is life hard? I wouldn't say, maybe you would think uh, as a, from, from our music and the lyrics that there we are really, really gloomy and really dark persons. But I think for us, it's like what we, we put that side on, of us to the music uh, we make. It's not everything we are of every each each day, but it's like a, somehow for all of us how we make music. It's we put these kind of feelings, these kind of uh, moods in our music. Uh, if we're happy, we're not gonna write a song about it, uh, probably. So uh, you're not gonna hear that kind of song for us. So this is kind of like what comes naturally to us to kind of uh, make the songs uh, from from the struggles of our lives i would say of course you guys can disagree but for for me definitely it is like that that it's it's easier to put the the kind of uh, struggles and the hardships and the, like what you see going on in the world or in your personal life to, to the music than to like a, let's say on the, the hardships than the to the songs than the positives maybe i should try to put some positives also but it's like it's not the natural way at least for me you can save all of that happiness for the next pop album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep keep waiting for it. <laughs>
On Prayers for the Bereft, it's easy to hear the shift in sound revival hymns got into for the Birth Pains EP. And maybe sound shift is too light a term. It's as if they almost reinvented their sound. But as the band mentioned during the interview, their songs reflect where they are in this moment. Next week, The Antidote will be joined by Jimmy Cravity, a guy who's been releasing music for a decade with a constantly changing sound 
that's ranging from pop, EDM, R&B, hip-hop, and even rock with a country edge. Even more importantly, this guy has great fashion sense. Come back next week to hear our talk with Jimmy Cravity. We're going to wrap up the antidote with another song from Revival Hymn's awesome Birth Pains release. Enjoy this, and join us again next week. Before we finish, let me ask about one last song. We saw it light up the whole sky. And it speaks about walls that are paper thin and the lie of lies. The lyrics could be read, I guess, a few different ways. And for me, they describe the lies that are being delivered to us through the media. But why don't you tell us, how were you wanting the lyrics to apply? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's a it's a one part. You can interpret it that way. It's also, of course, the, 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 the big way how, how we get the, let's say, the lie of lies or the... No, the messages delivered to us, but also in a in a bigger picture. I I, I wrote this lyrics already a while ago, but I think they're quite a fits to the still today. So uh, it's really like a introspective, like a, not not like pointing fingers, but it's like we also also me myself, like uh, kind of like I'm easily living behind these uh, these paper walls and like believing the lies, like like a. Uh, I have to wake myself up also like you know what is the truth where where come where does the truth comes who who do you believe and so it's not like uh, for me it wasn't like pointing fingers it's like uh, kind of like going to myself also to uh, to really think about where is the truth in the end and uh, in the in the end you see, so so it kind of like light up the whole sky and uh, you can interpret that how you want but for me, for me it's like a, which is in the end the light that will reveal all the lies and reveal the let's say uh, the lies in our lives and the, let's say the shame our pride also that like it's as a humankind i think it's like a, the pride uh, of of ourselves like being the like a crown of a mankind is a kind of like biggest shame for us like we think more of us uh, ourselves than than we let's say really are so i think we it's like kind of like coming to the humble point in my life, at least. Well, I guess you've told us about the future because you've got that nine-minute song coming out, so we do have that to look forward to. But listen, I want to thank all of you so much for coming to The Antidote for this talk. Thanks for having us, Dave. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.